reality is to get a quality lead that isn't super expensive, like a lot of testing has to kind of go into it. If your offer, for example, is like this crazy giveaway freebie, then your lead cost is going to be really low, but the quality of them is going to be awful. What I hate that you see everywhere is just 10% off. You hit there and it says it, just do this for 10% off. It just means that no one really thought about it very much. Getting them to actually sign up and give away their info. The real reason isn't like the dollar amount off. So if you lean into urgency instead and you speak in absolutes about cutoff dates or like a real reason why you would sign up and want to be alerted about this next thing happening, then that's when you're going to be pushing people towards something, but you're not going to be in that danger zone of low intent audience. Hey retailers, ever feel like your shopper experience feels just like everyone else's? Here's an idea. Put your shopper first with the only personalization platform that is purpose-built for retailers. Bluecore combines retail data and predictive intelligence to match online shoppers with the products they will buy next across channels like email, site, paid media, social, and SMS. Automate and scale your personalized content offers and recommendations for each shopper in a one-on-one -on -one individualized experience. Visit bluecore.com to see why brands like Noble, Express, and Bliss have gone shopper first to drive repeat purchases and increase customer lifetime value. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler. I'm Eric, and today we are lucky to have Jordan, our director of email at Pilot House, as well as Grayson, one of our senior media buyers. And I want to talk about something that I feel like might be an afterthought for a lot of D2C or e-commerce marketers. You know, I think a lot of brand owners think of lead generation in the e-commerce space kind of like an afterthought. It's kind of like, okay, you're going to generate a lot of leads when you build your customer list, when you when you add new customers. But I think increasingly there's a case to be made that you need to be viewing lead generation in the D2C space kind of as its own enterprise. Uh, what do you guys think of that idea? So one of the kind of four broad areas I think about email or customer retention is just growing an audience. And the reason being, when you grow an audience, uh, that is an audience that's going to be with you through email for years. And email is not going anywhere. It's a 50-year-old technology. So when you build that audience, both new addresses going in and also entertaining them and keeping them with you, the value compounds. Grayson, what are you seeing on the media buying side? Yeah, like to Jordan's point there, like because of you know, the data loss environment that we're in that everyone's always talking about, it's going to become more and more important. Like we're already seeing, you know, 40 to 60% data loss. And what that means is when you hit somebody with a top of funnel campaign that you're already spending money onto, you know, you're only going to be able to hit again, 60% of those people. You're going to hit them by accident, so to speak, just because of how Facebook works. But as far as that inclusion audience that you're really targeting them again with, you're only going to be hitting like half of them. So, you know, what a lot of businesses are thinking about is if we can get that lead from somebody, then it kind of ensures that lifetime value, it ensures that like long-term building that Jordan was just mentioning. There's definitely some pitfalls that we can kind of get into around what that means, how you get that lead, because, you know, subscription companies have been doing this for a long time. Subscription companies love building that relationship with you, talking to you through email, asking you monthly about switching up your product or like how satisfied you are with the service that they're building you for every single month. But when we talk about, you know, companies that just sell you a product one time or in intervals that aren't regular, you need to approach email in a very different way um, or else you're not really going to be, you're either not going to be getting quality emails or if you're trying to apply like the e-com strategies that you know work, they won't really work. So um, 
when it comes to going for that email, is there a balance? Because obviously when you're bringing people to your site, you want them to buy something. That's your number one objective, obviously. Um, and then do you sort of view like the email captures, whether that's in the header, the footer, the pop-up, the discount, are those just sort of like your best effort to, to kind of, what I'm trying to ask is, do these emails happen on accident most of the time on the site because you've set up all these places for them to leave them? Or are you proactively asking for their email in specific ways, like even in the ad? I'll just say, look, my in my perfect world, I don't, I don't want to prevent um, any of the, uh, the paid acquisition traffic from converting. Obviously, I, I want that conversion. But in a perfect world, you've got... Um, uh, say a pop-up or, or a subscribe feature that triggers based on the web analytics tags. So the kind of the person running the acquisitions program can go, here's the traffic where I'm going to load this because I think, you know, we're not going to get the sale right now. And, you know, then, hey, maybe we'll get the sale later on uh, if it's not going to run right now. Anything to add to that, Grayson? Yeah, totally. I think there's, they are just like two separate things, right? If you're, if you're, you're running a campaign that's trying to acquire emails, then that's, you know, different than just like the stuff on the site. So um, like they yeah. both have their place. Well, let's talk about those. Let's first of all, let's just outline all the things you need to be doing on your site. Jordan, if you want to just start with that, like where are all the ways like on people's websites that they should be capturing these leads? Yeah. Uh, so that's like um, kind of like email address farming. Let's just talk about farming, right? So I mean, I'm actually, I'm working with a client we've, that we're starting to work with right now and they've got, uh, and you see this all the time, they've got like a fragmented uh, email system where, you know, they're collecting some addresses that they do some transactional type emails, uh, inquiries that go to a, a customer of theirs. And then they've also got, you know, their marketing system. And so if you've got a fragmented email system, sometimes you can double the speed that you're growing your audience just by correctly getting permission, making sure that's all correct. And as you grab the address, putting it into a single marketable system, a lot of the systems use uh, JavaScript that just sits there and waits for any address to go into the session. So, you know, whatever form someone puts the address in, it sees it, grabs it, puts it in. So these places are, say, your subscription pop-up. That's what everyone thinks about. It's like, oh, hey, you know, 10% off, right? <laughs> there's, there's a subscription The spinning wheel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, then you've got a native subscribe in the footer. If you're smart and you and you and you're if you rank well, you're going to have a page devoted to it. So if someone just Google's, you know, subscribe to Lulu, um, you know, the, a page is going to come up that 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 uh, that they can click on. Your account login. When someone logs in, you can farm an address from that automatically. Um, purchasing, of course, when someone purchases, there is um, an implied permission. And just if they inquire, which includes if they just speak to someone like on your sales team somewhere completely different. You get a, an implied permission to market to them for a period of time. All of those together, when you, when you approach that holistically, you can bump your audience growth quite a bit. And then Grayson, like as a media buyer, are you looking to optimize, you know, we're talking about those two, those two threads, like one of them is going out and acquiring users, uh, lead generation on Facebook, and one of them is acquiring them with, uh, with, with the things on the site. As a media buyer, are you focused on both of those? Or are you just focused on direct generating leads directly through ads? Yeah, so like, you know, all the on site stuff that Jordan was talking about. Um, if we're running our regular e ads, like, our objective is to get them to purchase. It's not to get them to sign up for anything. 
So if you're running ads to their site or, you know, a pre-sell going to a product page or a checkout, you know, we're not going to call out to subscribe and save unless that's kind of built into your business model that that's the only way to kind of get the initial offer or whatever. But I think like increasingly emails are going to become a part of your top of funnel mix of just acquisition for purchases, um, like due to data loss. And, and that's going to be like, those are going to be separate campaigns with with separate objectives and separate pre-sales and a different kind of messaging strategy around that. Okay, so into that then, what are some of those, like what are some great examples of like top of funnel, like lead generation campaigns that have been built into some of our clients' ad mix? Yeah, so I think a lot of people when they like go and they're like, oh, well, we can just run the same kind of ads, but instead of sending them to, to the store, we can just, you know, have a prompt to get their email first and then send them to the store. And it'll be like kind of like best of both worlds. We don't have to really think about it. The reality is like to get a quality lead, but that isn't super, super expensive. Like a lot of testing has to kind of go into it. If you have, if your offer, for example, is like this crazy giveaway, freebie, good thing, then your lead costs are going to be really low, but the quality of them is going to be awful. And if there's no real incentive to sign up, then your lead cost is going to be really high, but your you know quality is going to be high, but the the lead cost probably won't back out, right? So the first thing you need to think about when you're like kind of building this is making sure that you're treating like your leads like clicks and thinking about them like clicks. You know, if your if your click cost is is next to nothing, but you're not getting any conversions, so that's just useless traffic. And people do just sign up to stuff just because they're interested in it or just because they're clicking around and bored. So you need to like build intent along with your with your traffic and, and makes make it enticing, but not overly enticing where you're gonna be like having no conversion. So what you need to do is test a bunch of different kinds of messaging, different kinds of offers, and you need to let your email cycle, whatever your email flow is, let that fully kind of integrate with them over time and then assess on the ad side. So Facebook ads manager, how did the revenue back out? On Clavio, how did the revenue back out? And kind of package that all together and then assess kind of your setup, right? Because if you're just assessing lead costs, then you're not going to have an idea. Like the low lead cost isn't going to give you an idea of how successful you were. Um, Can you give me an example of a hook that really worked versus one that didn't? For sure. Yeah. So like a lot of the giveaway stuff that we've tested is it, it doesn't really work. Um, I think people like the idea of giveaways because it's like really it's like getting their info, but it's very positive for the brand, for example. And, and giveaways, you know, typically don't really work. I don't want to speak in absolutes because, you know, it depends on what you're giving away and depends on the brand. But that hasn't really worked. Versus like VIP lists, we've seen a lot of success with like specific product launches or product drops. If you're hitting people that are like engagers and interested, and then you're hitting them with like something that's like, oh, this is like a variation of what you saw and you obviously had interest in but we're only going to make a hundred of them and then you're going to become this list and then you're not like promising them a special price you're just promising them the chance to get something that is like scarce right um mm. yeah. so uh, first of all that's really uh the the almost like sweepstakes you might call it right <clears throat> or something like that that's really interesting um so i wonder what you think about this so we're often dealing with traffic we've already got like i don't I don't think so much about the, I mean, I think about the traffic source, but I'm not paying for a lot of the traffic that's already paid for somewhere else or it's free. So I'm just saying, what can I do with the traffic? And you know, what I, what I hate and you see everywhere is just 10% off, right? You hit there and it's like, just do this 10% off, which like no one has 10% motivated anyone to do anything ever. 
I have to really want it to not be turned off by the 10% offer because it just means that no one really thought about it very much. So I'm always working on ways to, to bump the results on 10%. So, you know, 10% off versus dollar off versus a dollar total, you know, get this for 200 bucks on you think in your head, oh, that's actually pretty cheap for, for what that would be. Um, you know, depends on how much on how aware someone is of, of that product. And then also not just the, the optic of percent versus dollar off versus dollar total, but, um, you know, whether you're, you've got open cart where it's like, that's just your percent off, or if you get this bundle or with this minimum purchase. So what kind of, uh, I'm interested, Grayson, in when you've, when you've worked that way, how have you thought about the offer optics and the ways to, to generate that lead? Or do you actually just, you're not even thinking about the conversion. You're just thinking about these interesting things like sweepstakes uh, or, or other VIP type things. Yeah. I mean, I, like I tried to think of the main drivers like urgency. Um, so whatever offer you're working with with your brand, whether you are positioning, and you, sh you should be testing all those things you mentioned, like percent, dollar, et cetera. I think like at the end of the day, getting them to, to actually sign up and give away their info, it's like the real reason isn't like the dollar amount off. And I think if you're going towards that route in general with the lead gen, then you're probably you know, leaning into those audiences that aren't super high intent. So if you lean into urgency instead and tie that with whatever that number value is, and you speak in absolutes about, you know, cutoff dates or like a real reason why you would sign up and want to be alerted about this next thing happening, then that's when you're going to be pushing people towards something, but you're not going to be in that danger zone of low intent audience. So does that mean you think a really well put together, stay informed is just as valuable as trying to push towards the conversion? Yeah. I mean, if we're talking leads, then it definitely could be a, like, but you need to, you need to make them give them a specific reason to want to stay informed. You know what I mean? Are you talking about running that to warm traffic? Like, are, or are you literally running, like, how are you reaching people like very broadly and saying, Hey, you know, give us your email to stay in touch. Like, like how are you running lead gen on that premise to cold traffic? Or is this mainly to warm traffic to people that have already kind of been in the funnel? Yeah, it works best to like engagers. Like your, your engager audiences are going to be pretty huge, um, depending on your scale, of course. Um, it can work to just broad audiences too, though. If you have, if you can use that as like the hook of like, here's something unique and scarce, and then they're learning about your brand. But there's definitely, I'd say like, if you're, if you're trying to push this to like completely broad, cold audiences, then you're probably going to want something in your funnel and or your ad copy that is, you know, more teaching so that people are actually learning about your brand and you're using the urgency more as a hook and then, or even in your emails, following up with the learnings there, um, so yeah, just I would just add that learning element to the broad audiences, but it can work for both. Yeah, so I've uh, I've, I've used in past uh, past on the brand side like kind of bazooka documents, like the like meaning it's just like it's so big and it's such a difficult topic that you need you need you need a bazooka to like kind of answer right. Like uh, we did a fifty page. Um, explanation of how the payments industry works. So I don't know if you know, but like when you tap your credit card on something, a whole diverse, frightening universe of things that you can't possibly wrap your head around happen. But then let's say you're a retailer and you're like, oh, I have to wrap my head around this thing that is impossible. So a 50 page bazooka document just doubled the site conversion for lead generation, right? Uh, and this was, this, would be, this was with a sales team, not with a shopping cart. I know we talk a lot about shopping cart stuff here, but, uh, yeah, there's situations where that's basically like a little closer to D2C. It might be like a little more edutainment, 
right? So that works again. I'm always thinking like they're already on the site. So further up the funnel, uh, how, do, how do you think about that kind of stuff? You mean more top of funnel lead generation? Yeah, like at the top of the funnel, like do, would, you, would you even be interested in pushing something like that bazooka document or an edutainment uh, to get people to, to convert once they're on the site? And then also like, I guess, does that mean, obviously there has to be a, a proper handoff from the top of the funnel to the site. So, you know, in which case I might stop, have to stop pushing that if there was something else coming from a campaign from, from paid. Yeah, for sure. I think like the longer form stuff lends itself better to, you know, regular e-com where they're, where they're getting all those learnings because once someone's get is getting hit with a bazooka document, let's say, I think the, the closest thing to that on the paid top of funnel side would be like an advertorial, uh, like a long-term advertorial. If someone's going to read a good chunk of that, or at least scroll down to a, a place where you're trying to get them to convert on something, let's convert them on a purchase, not a not a lead at that point, right? They've already read for like a straight minute, so we always obviously have their attention. We all know how tough the past 12 months have been, with supply chain and marketing costs rapidly rising. Ecom World is your secret weapon to help your brand get back on track and make this year your best year ever. Ecom World is hosting an online event that will arm you with the strategies you need to grow your D2C brand profitably. Meet experts like Kellen Fitzgerald, head of Ecom at Glow Recipe, and Davey Fogarty, CEO of The Udi, as well as 80 other Ecom experts who are paving the way in D2C. Get their step-by-step strategies to optimize the growth of your Ecom brand right now. D2C listeners receive 30% off the ticket price, so head over to ecomworldconference.com DTC to get your ticket now. That's ecomworldconference.com slash DTC. Have we tried any content-based lead magnets at all? Like maybe not bazooka docs, but, uh, you know, AR-15 docs, if we're talking about weapons, like just smaller, like cheat sheets or, or things like that versus overwhelming with content. Just do people care about PDFs anymore at all? Is, is one question. I've never tested PDFs. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think you can get the same out of the video probably, right? So I think, I just think about content and, and with the right way to, to provide that content is going to be different by channel. There's definitely like certain verticals, like skincare has a lot of like 30 minute videos, for example. But I think you have to be in a very specific vertical, with a very specific audience. And it has to be like an engaging, more like voiceover kind of creative thing for, for Top Funnel. For brand owners thinking about getting into lead generation, putting some portion of their budget towards top of funnel lead generation, how do you think, Grayson, that they should think about pricing it? Because, you know, obviously CPLs are, you know, just like CPMs on the platform are, are going to be fairly high. And when you're only getting an email address, like, how do you think about the, the CPL when it comes to driving leads top of funnel for e-com brands? Yeah, I mean, like, I think people like focus way too much on the CPL, kind of like I, I was mentioning a minute ago, like, like the CPL is like your CPC, like it's obviously important because if you're selling a $50 product and your CPL is $40, then it's very unlikely that that's ever going to work out. So the first thing I'd say is like, like stop focusing so much on your CPL all the time within reason. And then I would run like, I'd run a bunch of different offers, which could just include different ways of positioning urgency too. Um, if you're not like a, a dollar off heavy brand. I would run a bunch of those in an A-B test and I'd do a top of funnel gold and I would do, I'm not going to, I guess I can't really speak about budgets because everyone's going to be different, but I would do, you know, whatever your AOV is for your product, see what your cost per lead is. If you can get leads at, 
you know, 10% or under that, then keep all those campaigns on and run those campaigns for a week, get people into your flows, hit them with all your email flows and let that like marinate for whatever your typical consideration period is. Um, they're going to get all those emails. You're going to follow up on what you promised them in the lead. And you need to make sure that you do that <laughs> is if you promise them an urgency date of a certain thing, then you, they're getting hit on that exact date at that exact time. And then let that marinate all the way through, assess your revenue for each of those streams and see what they are individually. And then hopefully you have a couple or, or maybe even a single one that's like kind of your winner. Um, and then you can introduce that into your your other saturated audiences, like your engagers, your site visitors, or what have you. And then you can get more iterative there as far as, you know, building out pages that are more tailored to split testing around that one angle because you have something consistent now, right? You have a, a winning angle and now you can like go deep into like the page side and the creative side and get really detailed there and go bigger scale with it. So does that answer your question? I kind of rambled on. Yeah, no, that totally does. The only thing that I feel like we haven't talked about a little bit is just the quiz. And it's something I talk about with almost every podcast guest that comes on these days about how effective quizzes can be at, at both like lead generation, zero party data generation. And, and then when you can, you know, you leverage that zero party data that you gathered in your quiz in your flows, you're going to increase your conversion percentages as well. So I, I think that quiz mentality kind of fits in this lead generation conversation as well. So is that um, you're getting the results of the quiz by an email? Is that right? Yeah, like you can do that. You could gate it with that, but you also just could have you'd probably give them the results after they enter their email in, but you could also just have that as part of the, the flow. It's not going to, you're going to ha have some people balk at it, but it will generate a, you know, a good chunk over 50% of conversion rates on leads. I would imagine in my experience anyway, have you tested quizzes, Grayson? Yeah, we've tested some quiz stuff. We're in the midst of building out some quiz funnels for a couple different accounts right now. There's a lot of interest right now in, in this stuff, right? In quizzes, in lead gen, because Brands want that data for that LTV. So we're in the midst of like kind of building out right now a bunch of huge tests on that. But we have tested some quizzes, yeah. You know, if you look to the, like the, the big brands, what they're doing, usually it's like there's so much data to go into with quizzes. And it's it's so fun because there's so many split testing variations you can do once you have like kind of a quiz funnel set up. And there's so much data to work with after the fact because like based on the responses and you can hit them with specific messaging. Um gets overwhelming it can be overwhelming <laughs> it can be overwhelming yeah um yeah like what most of the big quiz funnels like if you look at BarkBox, etc um they're getting your email first like that's the first stage of their quiz is first that email capture and i think that works because it's like a qualifier it's basically like a way of saying are you seriously interested in in doing this um and that's also nice because the first thing you're guaranteed to get with your like secondary data sets, which in that case would be like dog size or what they're into, whatever, is that email, which is like the most important thing besides phone number, I guess. So yeah, I, I would definitely test having your email address first in, in your flow and then following up with like your secondary kind of data that way. Um, We're talking a lot about the, um, about the CPL and I want to stress something that's really important. People don't necessarily realize how long lasting an address can be once you get it. I mean, I've looked at these lists where I, I look back and there's active addresses where the, the lead was generated like years ago. Like, they, and they're just, they're on the list, right? And, uh, and they're, especially if you uh, do a lot of eye candy, I, I just love subscribing to emails that do eye candy where you're just like looking at, you know, 
great looking products that you're into. You know, I mean, I'm, I subscribe to so much, of course. So I'm looking at like fashion, looking at swords, all kinds of weird stuff, right? It's just, it's just great. Uh, and who knows when I'll buy my first sword? Who knows, right? I don't own one now. Um, so uh, anyway, you get your revenue per email sent for the half-life of your list, which we've kind of gone to an, into before. So that CPL, like it is, it is very possible to generate that address at some kind of loss because if you look if you look at your at your list at your basic list metrics and and understand what the lifetime of that address is so i want to stress that yeah and and it's funny like i i look at the, i'm not one of those people that like gets to inbox zero ever on any of my email accounts and i'm just basically okay with knowing there's certain brands that'll be there in my inbox even if i don't look at them who knows when down the road I might just jump on and buy a sword. So I, I definitely want to start receiving some sword emails now. I think, I think that's something I got to check out. Are there any other things that you guys find that people are doing wrong with their kind of lead generation campaigns or thinking incorrectly about it? I mean, on the email side, everyone just thinks it's about this pop-up. And like I explained, that's actually, I mean, that's, that's kind of icing on the cake, Right. You know, and often it's like this, like 10% off, whatever, whatever. And that's, I mean, so much of your audience you're going to generate by setting up the right platform. And it's actually technical. Grayson, anything else? Yeah. I think on the e-com side, like I've kind of preached it a lot already, but like the idea of like cheap cost per lead and that being like the be all end all, like some of the best lead gen campaigns have like the AOE of the products, 150 bucks and the, the lead cost is $20 which seems super, super high. And we actually run a lot of lead gen campaigns with the conversion event on. So we run like the whole funnel is to capture the lead and follow up with them and then give them the option to shop, of course. But the actual conversion event on the Facebook side is optimized towards conversions, not leads. We all know like the audiences and traffic audiences and it's similar in leads, it can be, um, to be less quality. So going into those more expensive lead cost territories. Like, don't be shy on that and make sure you test that out for your brand for sure. Those are some great numbers to think about. Uh, like, you know, the $20 lead cost for 105 AOV. Cause it's like, it's easy to get, when you get lost in the math to be like, okay, my open rates will be 30, 40%, you know, and my, the click-through rates will be this. And it, when you add up the math in that funnel, it, it would be scary to pay $20. Cause you, what would that, that would have to convert 25% of the time or 20% of the time essentially in that funnel to back out but it's good to know that it can with the right structure. Also guys, I brought, I've just brought a, a piece that I always think about that I've thought about for years and that inspired me to set up a program at a previous brand. And I'd love to just, I'm going to talk through it. I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. So uh, it's a, how Harry's razor generated a hundred thousand addresses in one week. Have you guys ever heard of that? No, not just from your notes. To be honest, I mean, like, it's before your guys' time. I'm, I'm that old, right? It's like when Harry's launched. Uh, it's like it's a massive razor brand now, I guess. So it, the thing is, it's like one had a really great magnet. The magnet was free product. And interestingly, uh, Grayson, earlier you'd said free product, not very successful. Um, but you'd also said, watch out for absolutes. So I'd agree. It's like pretty dangerous giving your product away for free. But especially pre-launch that can work because you know you don't the product doesn't even exist yet you're just giving a promise for it but uh, anyway the like the, the magnet was was free product and they had a super low friction conversion and then the second someone converted it immediately said hey get some free product for your friend too right put in the friend's address the friend gets it and says hey give some free product to your friend right grabs it sends it along and it becomes um 
viral, essentially. It explodes like a virus. And they generated 100,000 addresses in a week. Um, and of course, they spent, <laughs> right? Yeah. They want to get people on this page. And it worked. On this flywheel. When it, when it's the gift that keeps on giving when you have these people you know, on and on and on down the chain giving, giving their friends free product. I think that's a great idea. Great to bring to the table. So I've always been looking for a chance to set this up. And I am, we're talking to uh, a potential client about, you know, how to set something like this up. I think it's probably, it's gotta be, the secrets sauce has gotta be just right. It's gotta be a really frictionless conversion. The offer has to be just right. I mean, it's definitely 100,000 of the sweet spot, but uh, but it can do that 10,000 that you were talking about, right? So, All right, well, if you're out there, like if you're listening to this podcast, you wanna get on board and generate 100,000, 10,000 emails in a week, you got to uh, reach out to the our friends here at Pilot House. Thanks for coming on All Killer No Filler today, guys. Yeah. Thanks, it was sir. great talking to you guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.